know, he doesn't want to cut a pound. His body won't let him cut a pound. Well, then you better win the tournament, okay? That's BS. That's bull crap. He's got some, he's got some big balls, man. You zip your lip, you shut your mouth, and you open your ears. That's how you win. That's how you get better. Win, you live, lose, you die. Podcast listeners, we are back. This is your host, Tim Foley, and I am joined by a just an absolute record setter, someone who is coming into this program as a two-time uh, first, setting two first records. Her name is Amanda Stanick, PhD. She's our first woman and our first Canadian, and I don't mean <laughs> to say that the woman part is less important than the Canadian or more, but it, actually, as we've discussed, it is important. We have our first woman on the podcast. 20, 21 episodes, that's all it took. And a second take, that's all it took. Do you think anyone's still listening, Tim? I, I don't think so. I think we just lost everybody right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well, I think it's uh, it's an interesting point. Um, and, I, and I feel very, you know, I'm excited to be here and talk with you, Tim, about, about the sport of wrestling and, and how it is a, it's critical in in developing children who are physically literate and prepared for, you know, this global community that, that we live in now. Yeah. I think, I think it's probably important that I also tell everybody why I would invite a woman onto the podcast. In addition to be married to, uh, former Cornell great Jim Stanick, a all American in 2000 and 2002 and my former, um, assistant coach at university of Virginia, you did all of your, Graduate work at the University of Virginia, and you got your PhD from the Curry School in physical education, kinesiology, human movement, something to this effect. And you'll explain that in a minute. But the reason we're bringing her on the podcast is because she's Amanda is recently somebody. Uh, she lives in St. Louis, and I think it's Parkview. Is that correct? Parkway. Parkway school Parkway. district decided to try to cut three programs. She stepped up as a health educator and said, "Uh." Uh-uh. This is why you need to keep wrestling. And for anybody who knows how passionate all of our podcast listeners are, but we're all passionate about this, about protecting programs. And Amanda Stanek is opening up a whole new pathway in the discussion of how to, to protect um, uh, wrestling from being cut at the, uh, the high school level and the college level. So, Amanda, why don't you take us through a little bit of what happened and how your brilliance as a woman first and a Canadian second – was was able to overturn this this decision? I mean, or in, help influence the decision? Yeah, well, I think I think really the the premise behind it. I, I see the urgency, Tim, and you're in the wrestling community, and and I can understand you know why people are frustrated with programs. You know, some programs cut, and then the Olympics decision, but. You know, I really see this in such a calm, it's such a no-brainer to, to not only keep wrestling in schools, but to, to work tirelessly to grow it. Um, and when you, not not that you don't, Tim, but I think that when you really have been in the education system and, 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 and are familiar with the language, wrestling so beautifully connects with so much that, that schools are trying so hard, things they're trying to do. Um, so... I saw this thing on, on Facebook, this guy named Brian Jackson. Do you know Brian, Tim? 
Brian Jackson? He's the coach at Missouri Baptist here in St. Louis. Okay. He, he was an All-American, I think, a couple times at NC State. Okay, yeah, He's yeah, yeah. probably 45-ish. Absolutely. Kagarius, fun guy. And and uh, he was Jim's workout partner one summer um, when Jim came home from Cornell when he was in college. And uh, I, I just got to know Brian a little bit recently, and a thing popped up on Facebook that, oh, they're looking to – to cut wrestling and then Dan Lovelace who wrestled in the Parkway School District who was Jim's coach in high school who Jim just loves like a brother he had something posted and, and clearly these guys were they were upset and so I you know I put Dora on for the kids and I ran to my computer and I typed up this you know three minute statement I looked online there was a board meeting that night and community members could speak and I called Jim I'm like you need to come home and read this you know at the meeting tonight I said you have to get up there and and you know, give back to your sport in this capacity because he can't coach right now. And so, you know, seeing what people like you do and, and got to know Mark Mestermacher in Edwardsville just really felt like, you know, I'm like, you need to step up and do this. And, and you know, as you mentioned, like, I've been studying this area for about, you know, well, it's been my profession for 15 years now and I have three degrees in it. And he's like, no, you need to go. I'm one more person with cauliflower ear. What if they ask me a question about education and I can't answer it? So, <laughs> so I went and I, you know, spoke to the board and it wasn't being voted on that night. It was, uh, it was just rumored and another parent spoke and I was really nervous. <laughs> and I talked about that actually in my statement and how, and how, you know, we need to develop risk taking in, in children and wrestling does that. My voice was shaking that because I was intimidated by these people and, but they were nodding their heads and they were smiling. And I, you know, I laughed. I was like, I don't know how that went, but I, but I feel like I did my part and I, and I believe in what I said so much. It was so easy to throw down on paper. I mean, it took me two minutes and Jim's been telling me to share this with people for a long time, but I just didn't, you know, really know what to do. So I got a, I got a letter in the mail from the superintendent. I received some emails from a couple board members and I, I went to meet with the superintendent who was so great. And he said, you know, we're going to, we're going to grow this. We're not going to cut it. We're going to, we're going to try to cut, you know, save costs next year and maybe share some busing and we have to get more people at the weight classes or schools aren't going to want to wrestle us. And I, you know, I get that. And he said, but you know, we're going to, we're going to work to grow it in Parkway. So, um, I volunteered my husband to help out and, <laughs> and, but, but, you know, so, so let's, uh, so basically you, you came up there and you said, Hey, this is a health concern. And some of the things that we talked about yesterday on our, our podcast that was unfortunately erased, um, <laughs> although we're, we're, we're really flowing today, but on the podcast that was erased, you know, you mentioned some other aspects of it and I'd like for you to share that, especially the point about the, um, about the, the literature and, and how that sort of the new, the new thought process on, on learning, on learning, um, and especially in adolescence and, and what that can mean for wrestling as far as a sales point to. Yeah. Just so, you know, just. You know, when you, as you read the blog, Tim, I, I kind of had it, you know, four main areas with a few bullets in each so that it was clear and I wasn't losing the audience. Mm -hmm. And and I really, you know, I, I'm excited to share that with you. Also, I, I think my tone was really kind and, and thoughtful. You know, I spoke, I was speaking to them like, you know, I thanked them for their time. I thanked them for their service, and I didn't get up there with a chip on my shoulder. I actually downplayed my role in 
well, not my role, but, you know, I never wrestled. You know, I was a Division One soccer player, but I never wrestled or coached wrestling in my life. So I made sure they knew that. You know, right. I made sure that they knew that I was coming from an educator's perspective and a public health consultant's perspective. And I talked about learning, physical health, emotional health, and then money. <laughs> and so with with the learning piece that, that you were talking about, it's that book from John Rady. Have you read that book? No, Spark? I, I missed well, that one. Yeah, it's right here. But it sparked the revolutionary new science on exercise in the brain. Right. And it's it's really cool because what he says, he's a Harvard prof and medical doctor. So if you don't want to listen to a female Canadian, you may want to listen to him. <laughs> and, and he just says, you know, that his research shows that exercise increases learning capacity. But it can't just be any exercise. Like you just can't go out and do a play, you know, as we talked about, for 20 seconds and expect to have the benefit on your physical health, emotional health, and your learning capacity, according to Rady's research. Right. And so it talks about how you have to have physical activity at moderate to vigorous intensities, you know, eat many days of the week. And so, you know, I said, why would you, you know, when we're working so hard to have students perform well in our classrooms, why would you cut a sport that, that actually does just what he's promoting. You it's know, a 21st rest- century learner too, right? It's, this is that back to that same concept, right? Yeah, well, it's it's a little bit of a, it's even an, an extra concept. Is So schools are spending a lot of money to get kids to perform well. And they're also spending a lot of money to to, to write new curriculum that promotes 21st century learning. And and what, that, what I mean by that is um, they really, given the global community of which we all live now they want kids to you know in all school curriculum to learn to take risks to be creative to be good problem solvers and to work together because that's how the world kind of operates now and so i just used all those four headings risk taking creativity problem solving and collaboration and talked about how in that happens every day at wrestling practice you know walking out into a mat to face an opponent i mean that is major risk-taking skill, life skill. And and sport doesn't magically teach life lesson. You have to have that connective, but that is one, like the humility that's taught within that. I mean, you can't teach that easily in a classroom. No. You can't, you can't. And it, and and the fact that they need to be creative and, and, you know, you have someone on top of you and you have so much on the line and you have to think and perform and you can't even control to a certain extent what the opponent is doing. So you're doing all of that and using the 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 thought and the brain, but you're also working your body. And so it's just it's such a no brainer, which is what I was trying to you know, so here you have the enhanced learning piece and then you have the okay, well it's one more thing to, to foster twenty first century learners in our right. classrooms. And and that is language that school administrators um, can connect with and they, and they look for, and they should look for it because those are awesome things. And that's why wrestling doesn't need to stand up and say, who wants modern pentathlon or rhythm, rhythmic gymnastics is, is stupid. You know what? I don't care what a kid's doing, but, but wrestling kind of is, I love all sport and activity, but wrestling is, is, uh, kind of can trump most because of the things that it naturally enhances in kids. You know, it's not that those ones are, it's, it's not that they're stupid. It's that they, they don't perhaps af- um, afford kids the opportunity to exercise at intensities that can promote their learning and increase their physical and emotional health. 
Right, and you mentioned yesterday something great that I like to harp on. I haven't actually had a chance to pontificate about it here on the uh, or riff a diatribe off on the uh, podcast. But you mentioned last night there was a dancing there was a Dancing with the Stars, and there was this former NFL player who was you know all pro or all whatever, and he did a ninety second dance routine and was like keeled over. And you know he said to the you know he said to the audience you know football plays last you know five seconds not ninety and yet here you have wrestlers who are seven minute intense matches matches not to mention practices which are intense the whole time and that's one of the things I think that's been missing in in modern sports is there's a hell of a lot of standing around in baseball there's a hell of a lot of standing around in football and while activity is great and I'm not going to demean those those are cool sports to play I love basketball I love playing basketball I can't watch it where the hell but you. <laughs> But you in wrestling, you're active. Like even if you are awful, you are involved in it. You're in the mix. You're going for you're going for moves. You're always moving your body, and you're increasing your flexibility and your strength. And I'm getting out of my pay grade and describing exactly what happens in the health sense. But it's pretty apparent that this is a full body exercise and the kind of thing that creates you know a healthy person. Like in, and then you're saying Absolutely. it substantiates the fact that there's obviously some. Uh, you know, mental uh, gains that are made. Yeah, and 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 yeah, that guy's name's Jacoby something. I don't watch football uh, unless it's a former student is playing because I have a f- couple former students in the NFL. But and then even then, it's only playoffs. But he was like making fun of himself, and you know, he's he was he's a guy. I I I, I don't know. I, I want to guess a receiver or something. I don't know. But you know, it's not it's not one of the the big big guys. <laughs> Oh, wow. I so sound like a Canadian woman right now. I can talk hockey, but yeah, we'll we'll move on. But the, the, the health related physical fitness piece of wrestling. And and I did, and I shared that in my, in my statement is, is just absolutely huge. Today's youth have been documented to be the first youth who, uh, who have a lower life expectancy than their parents. And then, you know, we cut, we cut PE because we want them to read better. And, and, and now we're going to cut sports that, that a lot of kids can access, you know, because we haven't even got into to the fact that, you know, kids don't have to come from country clubs, parents to participate in wrestling. In fact, it's one of the beautiful things of it is you could have a kid um, from a certain zip code, um, you know, competing against someone who does belong to the country club in the finals. And it's, and it's, it, it's, uh, you know, it's all that's good about sports. It, that's what sports should be. It shouldn't just cater to the advantaged, the people who are born into a certain family, which will automatically predict how well they, you know, their grades, their obesity, their their activity opportunities. And so wrestling is a is just it's one that every school in the country should not only embrace but really work to grow. Uh, yeah, I, this is. I mean, this is almost the same argument that you could you could really expand your argument and, and and take it to the IOC level and say that obviously Olympic wrestling promotes wrestling within a lot of underprivileged or in, in a lot of countries that aren't wealthy, and then among them, it's the minorities and now increasingly the women who are getting the opportunity for social mobility through this process through the Olympic process because you know the the idea that we have. We might not respect our women inside of our country, but once they start winning medals and we start promoting them, we start respecting them. And so or, – or if it's ethnic minorities, whatever it is in these developing countries, but also the fact that we can – that in those countries that they can have a physical outlet. You know, it, It's just amazing to me that we focus so much on the profit side of sports that we often forget what its real function is, You know, that there should yeah. be – there should be – that, that, that 
there's a equality of there, there should be an equality of diverse options available to um, available to students. You know, there should be diverse sporting options at the high school and collegiate levels, and that needs to include the most basic and functional, which I think is wrestling and running and swimming. That's those are my other two human sports. But oh, absolutely. And you know, I get really um, I don't know if it's frustrated or. Um, What's Sometimes, the Canadian word? I don't know, I'm the... kind of nervous to say this to you, Tim, because mm-hmm. I don't want it to come out wrong. But I get, like, when I hear people saying things like, well, I mean, it's been around in the Olympics since since the beginning of the Olympics. It's like, well, no shit. But, you know, so at the time, boxing was there, and, and they, they boxed until death. And then the, the the one who died was declared the winner. So it wasn't, you weren't even at an advantage, <laughs> you know, to, to win if you killed someone, because then you really lost, you know? And so it's like there's a lot of things in history that weren't good. And, and so to use the argument that it's, it's been a part of history. I mean, it's interesting. I love history of sport. Wrestling doesn't even need to go there. Wrestling needs to say, this is what it can do now. This is, this is what it can do tomorrow. And this is how it can help this global community in which we live for a lot of the pieces. I mean, that piece you wrote about, um, I read on wrestling roots about women in India wrestling. And I mean, I of course, really respect the Canadian women wrestlers who are winning medals for, for my country, you know, but I, you know, that's, that's the stuff that needs to be, I think in align with, so in the U S talk about learning and talk about money and talk about testing and talk about obesity, but then it's, you know, at the Olympic level, yeah, talk about those things, but also this other stuff. I mean, now what's going to happen to those women if, if they're not given that, you know, that can help them get out of those communities and be treated with more respect. And so I, I, I get frustrated when I hear these things, like th- this is the only tough sport, you know, freak. It's not, I mean, of course wrestlers are tough and, and I'm certainly not going to argue that, but who likes to hear someone talk about how tough they are or how busy they are or how hard they work? You know, I don't believe that there aren't other things that people work just as hard in other ways. But I think if we're talking about promoting skills and kids that are going to help them in the classrooms and help their health and help them collaborate with teammates and learn respect, you know, there's no other activity. That, I think that- you're exactly right. I mean, we need to start talking about how we're going to do this going forward, not keep looking back and saying protecting man's oldest sport. Like that's part of like an argument that you can make for, you know, you can make intriguing, you can find intriguing anecdotes about cave paintings and how it influenced the development of cultures around the world and tribal influences and establishment of social hierarchies. Those are all interesting aspects to that one platitude about it being the oldest sport. But if you want to sell something, you don't start telling people, hey, this is the most functional, oldest thing you know. I mean, that's not going to get anybody getting off their butt and saying, I want to support that. It's tired. It, it literally, the word is old. Like it doesn't excite the brain. It doesn't get you going and i think what you're talking about is so much more interesting like this is something that we can take forward and we can even use it in the olympic argument we can use it in arguments around the world we can say this is a public health issue we have focused so much time on putting people in place to to raise a couple of bucks that we forgot that why we're raising the bucks why do we care about this kind of stuff yeah yeah it's really you know and and the same it's 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 that negative thing. I, I think it hurts the sport. I think there's so many well-intended people, and, and I can understand where wrestlers are coming from with that passion. And, and I can't say that I wouldn't take the same approach if I had lived that way, like lived as a wrestler and had a program cut. And, you know, I, I care deeply about my sport. And, and um, but, but do I think that 
my sport, like there were days where, you know, the day before practice, we're going 11 v 11 and, and doing set plays. I mean, I wasn't getting the, the intensity of aerobic, um, exercise that I needed to relieve stress, feel better and, and increase my learning, you know? So I, I think that, um, I can understand why wrestlers are, are frustrated and might take that tone, but I think that if they really want to get a lot of people on board, um, which it should be a no brainer for people to come on board, but I know a lot of my friends who, who aren't dumb people can get very turned off hearing some comments when, when it's like female sports are being put down or female athletes and, and, you know, <laughs> Tim, it's funny because I was thinking about this today when I was working out, I was like, man, you know, really what wrestling needs is a bunch of women. Yeah, it's exactly because, what we need. Because I, I, when I was teaching PE and I wanted something done at the school, who do you think I went to? You think I went to the male principal or the female principal for that matter? No, I went to the moms. <laughs> you want something done. Exactly. <laughs> you, you get a bunch of mom, Tim, I met your mom. She's great, you know? And, and like, imagine if, you know, we can't be turning people off like that who are doers in the community who know how to get things done. And we need to be, I think, having them. I know I mean? The, the women on the board that night were, were nodding their heads and, and looked really interested. And, and I think you make a, I mean, you make a fantastic point. I mean, I, I discussed this earlier. Uh, one of these students was interviewing me about Mongolian wrestling, and I told him, I said, you know, not only are the women going to be affected um, within the country because they're not going to be able to create uh, social mobility for themselves through wrestling, but you have to realize that in every country, developing country around the world, and this is something that the UN's picked up on and all these NGOs that travel to foreign countries, they don't target the male population to create businesses or do that. They, they target the women because the women have this maternal instinct and this idea that they need to protect their families, and they will work their asses off to mm. do so. And yeah. I think you're exactly right. I mean, I think anybody in our community who turns off to the idea of women is just hurting the sport of wrestling locally, uh, on the state level, nationally, internationally. You're just ruining opportunity. Wrestling is not something that only men should do. A quick oh. anecdote. I, uh, I train um, in wrestling. This is uh, a former fighter. His name's Mark Miller. And uh, he, you know, like a UFC fighter. Yeah, or? like a UFC fighter. And we always, I train him twice a week in wrestling, like not for oh, any cool. purpose, but he loves wrestling. He just loves wrestling, and it's, it allows him to like compete at the full level. Whereas, like, if he's striking with somebody, like someone's going to get knocked out or something. But in wrestling, you can go within the rules, full bore, and get an, this insane workout. So we love it. It's something we've been doing for a, a, over a year now. But his daughter is. He got home from uh, work last night, and it was like 9.30, and his daughter Maddie was still awake. And he's like, Maddie, what are you doing? Like, why are you still up? And she's like, Dad, I've been thinking about it, and you you need to show me some new moves. Uh, my wrestling game is, is pretty weak. And he's like, she's been hounding him to get him into wrestling for – you know, for like almost a year because he comes home and is excited about it. She likes learning stuff and she likes wrestling around with her friends. So he's putting her into a youth league and he's like, you think people are going to say anything? Now he's like, not that I care, but I was like, Who? I was like, it shouldn't even be a question. Like if your daughter wants to wrestle, then she should wrestle. If she wants to fly a fighter jet. She should fly a fighter jet. Like, sure. Well, you know, you know, first of all, Tim, I need to let you know that the volume cut out and now it's saying our call is at 42 seconds. So I just want to make sure that. You knew that. Yeah, you didn't have to say. I mean, it, it got it got my rant, so okay, it's sorry. good. Okay. On my end, it was good. I hope you're I right. Am. It does say it does say forty five seconds. Yeah. 
Okay, so, well, along that line, because I missed a little bit of your rant, unfortunately, is, you know, people look at me weird because I have, you know, I have a one- and three-year-old girl daughters. And when they're like, well, they won't wrestle, you know, my, you know, <laughs> some of our relatives, I'm like, well, why, why won't they wrestle if they want to wrestle? And, and you're, you're familiar with what happened at UVA a couple of years ago. And not that that could have prevented if that, you know, that, yeah that poor lacrosse player, you know, if, if, but, but from a, from a dad's perspective, you know, Jim really wants to teach his girls wrestling. He wants to give back to his sport. He, he doesn't know how to coach anything else. And he wants the girls to, to develop the physical literacy, you know, in the, in the fundamental movements that, that mom wants, <laughs> I want them to, de- to develop. And so, you know, if they wrestle in elementary school and, you know, if they love it and continue and if they don't, who cares, but, um, they can stop, but, they will learn some things, you know, we don't, we never talk about it from a self-defense point of view for, for girls. And I think that we should, and Absolutely. I don't know why people view it as sexual or, or, um, you know, it's, it's developed such great physical and skill related fitness that it's something that should be open to all. And, you know, and it is at the, you know, that's what, so I think unfortunate is they're cutting it is, you know, I, I know that they cut, weight classes when they brought in women's wrestling and but you know they do all these things and they don't really have to i mean they could have brought in women's wrestling and not cut weight classes right i mean the ioc if they had been if they had been better functioning could could have presented it in a better way they could have changed the rules made it more exciting and then just added these women up that's that was part of their problem the ioc when they when they came back to feel it they said you only have four women's medals like what is up with that and that's what I've always been thinking. Like, we have seven weight classes at the World Championships, but four at the Olympics. It's like, come on, let, let's let's just do it. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, it's yeah, it's frustrating. It's really weird because they stick with some things and they say, you know, oh, we can only have this many. Tradition is that we have this many sports in the Olympics, right? There's a certain number that they have. But so one of the things I tweeted one time was, if they're so concerned about tradition, then then that's where you bring up why take out the sport that's been around since since the original Olympics. You know, that's where the, the history and the tradition can really be a good argument. So. I agree. <laughs> Let's just take over. The, we just need to take over these organizations and make things happen. But, you know, I think, again, like. We need more women on the IOC, Tim. We do. Well, you know, I think there's no member. There's maybe one or two on the executive board, but there's not enough. <laughs> There's certainly not enough members. A lot of the new ones that are coming through are um, women and then a lot of people from the continent of Africa and then some of these other – but like the influence isn't stabilized. Like we need a better source of of influence. You know, We need to have better ideas being pushed forward and maybe it's not enough time before September to push your format. But I think what we need to do is get you writing and get you putting things together and I think – you know, I think that this is something that you know your story. Not only, obviously, I picked up on it because I know you, and you're, we're going to see you later on some other on some other um, on some other programs uh, that are lesser, of course, than this uh, esteemed uh, radio program. But back points, <laughs> back points. You got it. That's what, you're, that's what you're always aiming for. You get the entendre, back points, and then you're making points. It's this whole long thing. But you know what? Can I bring another thing up now? Because. We didn't even talk tonight yet about the new law, that there are clarifications on the law that was um, 
the Rehabilitation Act of 1973, which I think the listeners need to know about because it's a huge advocacy measure for wrestling um, at the high school level, which will only promote it. And it's, is, want to talk about that, Tim? I want to talk about that. I want to hear this because this is actually a way in which the Office of Education, what is it? No, Office Office the Civil Rights Office, oh, whatever it is. Yeah, it's in it was it's within the Education Department. It's the same one that enforces Title IX, but they can enforce. Now that always hurts us, but this is actually something that might be able to help us. Yeah, well, you know, well, I think it's worth you explaining. Okay, so it's the Education Department's Office for Civil Rights. There, it's it's there's new clarifications on a federal law. From 1973. So that law was Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act. And I'm saying it so people can Google it. Um, Hmm. But it's, quote, a school district is required to provide a qualified student with a disability an opportunity to benefit from the school district's program equal to that of students without disabilities, end quote. So this is the Title IX for for students in our schools who live with disabilities. And it it does not appear logical to cut a sport, is what I shared with with the school board, that already welcomes students with disabilities in order to meet the law's mandate at no additional cost. And so what I said is you're going to cut wrestling, a sport that welcomes people with perhaps one leg, and and you're going to cut that. And then in two years when a child attends your school who might live with with one leg and that child really wants to participate, you're going to have to find ways to fund programs to make it appropriate, like in an appropriate level to meet that, that particular student's needs. And I don't think I disagree with the law. I don't disagree with the clarifications on the law. Why the hell do we just want kids without disabilities to be healthy enough, active enough for health benefit? Right. We, we, we should have this law. Just like we should, you know, we all kids should have opportunities to be healthy and they should have the opportunities to learn the best to their ability and they should have the opportunities to have activity levels where they can lower their depression and stress and anxiety. And so... You know, it doesn't mean that these kids are guaranteed a spot on an athletic team, um, that which other kids are trying out for. But it, but it means that they must. Um, I wrote it down: afford qualified students with disabilities an equal opportunity for participation in extracurricular ac- athletics in an integrated manner to the maximum extent appropriate to the needs of the student. So, you know, you should have saw the way. I mean, they really perked up when I was sharing this with them. And I, and I shared them the story about Anthony Robles. And, and I said, you know, how could you, you know, cut a sport? Really, what other sport could that happen? Right. I can't think of, I can't think of one. No, I, I, you're exactly right. There's not any sport where you can participate equally and people have been able to. He was the first national champion with a recognized disability in an individual sport. See, I mean, that's freaking huge. You don't need to talk about, there should be no chip on anyone's shoulder. There should just be passion and excitement because really what should come out of this is a lot of like education and PR is that, you know, a school who don't have programs should be starting them, you know? Well, I think that's actually already happening, but more should be starting them. And, And one thing... You know, I keep looking and I'm like, you know, it comes back to the beginning of our conversation when I was like, Jim, you need to go read this. You need to go read this statement. You know, you have to give back to your sport in this way because you can't coach right now. You know, he's working 12 hour days every day. And so he can't leave the office at three to go coach. If you look at Rady's research at a Harvard with um, learning in the brain, 
what ideally kids are getting this exercise early in the morning. And so what I really promote and what I really want to get my two cents in on this is that wrestling practice, people consider holding it before school because once kids have the exercise, according to Rady's research, they will be um, better ready to learn. He calls it learning readiness. And so then you're going to get people like Jim who would love to coach, who miss coaching. I mean, there's too many... Jim needs to be around boys more. Like we're driving them nuts, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's right. You get a you, the wrestler's curse extends to the Stanley family. It is not a curse. It is a blessing. <laughs> it's. I'm just saying. It's known as the wrestler's curse. <laughs> I know, but see, that's this crap that doesn't help wrestling because, and I, I'm teasing you. That's but more I'm to the. Not, that's you know, more like, to the, uh, the reputation of wrestlers of being. Meatheads. Well, not meatheads. It's more the reputation of them being, I wouldn't say dogs, but you know, like that they're, 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 that, that, that women tend to like wrestlers or that wrestlers are sort of ladies men. And of course, like they're getting sort of paid back for all their sins. uh, Oh, is that why that comes from? I just thought it meant that, okay, so. Has nothing to do with like, has nothing to do with like them not being able to coach their kids. No, no, no. It's like. You were such a dirtbag for so long, and now you have to raise a daughter as uh See, that's funny for me, because am I clueless, or am I just really not married to a dirtbag? You're not married to a dirtbag, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish I could tell you on this podcast, like, tell you, share you, share with you some story you don't know about your husband, how about how dirtbaggery, but he doesn't. He gets up in the morning and runs and does incredibly... And he has athletic. a marathon on Sunday, and mine's in three weeks, so we switch off. That's incredible. No, it's not incredible. He but told me he told me that you guys that your date is running together. It is Saturday mornings. We get a babysitter at six thirty, and we go run twenty miles. I mean, I didn't say we were normal, but to us, because we grew up working hard and having that exercise instilled in us, we can't be, we can't deal all that life throws at us unless we are active at a certain intensity for a certain frequency for a certain duration and he always tells his friends they should you know if they're complaining like how does your wife support you going on doing all that it's like you should have married a PE teacher yeah right <laughs> you know I mean how am I supposed to not support his goals right and 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 you know you wrestlers you have goals and and hopefully you know that's that's why as a parent you know you put your kid in things because you want them to learn life lessons and so you know it's important that that we continue to, to set those goals and but yeah no when when I hear oh you know, oh you're gonna get that boy you know and th- and things like I just joke because I'm like well girls wrestle and and wrestling's growing for girls so rather than oh you know poor you you got that girl you know Jim's kind of like ah I don't have to spend my whole weekend in a at a tournament <laughs> no and I mean you make a good point we joke about it but like look it, now I'm not I, I'm a traditionalist I don't think that there's gonna be in some ways, it can be a traditional. I don't think it's going to be more women wrestlers in this country than men. I think there's certain sort of gender roles that was always, no matter how much we try to blur them, there's always people are always going to assume. But at the same time, yeah, it's a huge growth area. Women can enjoy it. So let's let's cut to the chase and use other idioms for the day. But what are some ways people can learn more about what you do and sort of how can they reach you? Okay. Uh, well, on Twitter, um, move, live, learn. Love it. And then on my website, it's able-consultants.com. And so, you know, right now I, I write, I just finished writing, um, uh, 
Pete and I, I was the lead writer for the physical education curriculum for the province of Nova Scotia, my native province. So I'm really proud about that was really like, if you had one dream to kind of give back to wrestling, Tim, Mm -hmm. you know, so this was kind of my opportunity to do that. And I actually wrote a, I did a youth leader, uh, life skills, little uh, curriculum for a youth wrestling club in Edwardsville, which was really wonderful and got to work with those amazing coaches over there and a a little bit. And then I am uh, doing lots of stuff for immigrant youth to promote physical activity. And I love doing coaching education. And so my scope is kind of big because I, because I, I love it all. (laughs) And, um, so you can get a hold of me. There's a contact place through my website and I'm happy if there's, you know, I, I have the blog there. You can get to it that way, um, on my website. And, you know, if anybody ever wanted to have a phone conversation or a Skype call before going forward to a school district who was in jeopardy, um, I'm happy to speak, you know, with them to give any okay. input. If, if I can help at all. I mean, if I can give back to sport, I, I mean, sport was totally, you know, my parents, of course, made the sacrifices to put me in it. But I mean, I'm just, it's not just my profession, but it's, it's, a lot it's most everything to me and so any way i can give back is is a good thing okay and i I, well i don't mean to say okay like that i meant like (laughs) of course you do you you you've you've, um you've you've been you know i mean obviously i think people are going to be able to hear from this podcast how just invested you are in an issue that isn't necessarily like i love wrestling let's make more wrestlers and do more wrestling things you're looking at it from a different perspective, but you can see wrestling as a tool for what you want to accomplish, and I think that's great. That's what we need. We need yeah. better. We need fresh thinking and better thinking. So at Move Live Learn and yeah. at Able Hyphen Consultants. I've never been to wrestling nationals. I went to I went to some matches, of course, at UVA after I met Jim, um, because my office was in the gym where the wrestling was. So I was checking. I was checking them out. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> just kidding. But, but then, then, um, you know, my, I'll never forget my first, I went to Easterns with them just really quick. And I was like hyperventilating in the first 10 minutes because there was this like last minute pin and the guy was losing by like eight points. And then he ended up pinning the guy and Jim's like, you need to just calm down. It's a long couple days. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I am a fan, but I don't follow it a whole lot. I mean, I follow it you know, more now because of everything that's been going on. But I, I, you're right from, from an outsider's perspective. I mean, I, we've got to join together and make sure this stays in schools for our kids. Our health poor perspective. kids. Health perspective, health perspective. I love it. Yeah. We see to keep pushing. So Amanda Stanek, our first woman, first woman, our first Canadian. Wow. And I know you're sitting there right now. You're playing with your hockey stick and, <laughs> and eating poutine, but, um, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking about all the times we used to do yoga together, Dupree. <laughs> yeah, that's right. For people who don't know what Dupree is, Dupree is the man who lived with the couple in the, the movie, You, Me, and Dupree. He rode a bicycle around and played with the neighborhood kids, and I did the same thing to the Stanics for uh, a good bit of time. So, uh, I do definitely appreciate your time today, so. Yeah, hopefully it recorded. Yeah, <laughs> let's hope so, let's hope so. Okay. Hey, buddy. Well, we will uh, hopefully have you back on with some more news. Hopefully, you'll save some more programs. Well, you know, we got to give credit. 
I'll, I'll sign off here, but I just want to, you know, we got to really give credit to the board and the superintendent who truly care about the kids because, uh, no, you're exactly you know, right. Didn't you, even go to a vote. They you, didn't even you, vote on it. And you they were, stopped it from even going to a vote. And, so. you, and you know, you respected them and you, you used rational thought and you, an objective, clear idea. And that's, what's going to make this case. And that's, what's going to keep wrestling something that's, uh, in our schools and in our education system. So thank you. Okay, buddy. All righty. Checking out. All right. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm dreaming wide awake. Sleep walk and shake the dust out. Got to give this heart a break. I can't seem to slow the beats down. There ain't no going home. Just a silence and a wave goodbye. I don't really know about nothing. Just to know that I'm a wasting time now. And it'll be a one long night. Should I keep drinking till the morning light? Should I settle down just to get my head right? I should drive. And it'll be a one long night. Should I buy a ticket for a midnight flight? Or should I end it all on the night? Well, there's no light in the lost hope I got to get back to you somehow A tongue-twisted sick joke That there's no way of figuring out Well, maybe it's much too late Time to slow things down Well, there's torture in the wings And the weight is too heavy now Settle down just to get my head right I should drive It'll be one long night Should I buy a ticket for a midnight flight Or should I end it all on this here night Or should I Or should I try now Try Settle down just to get my head right I should drive 